Hello, and welcome to the LYF podcast. This podcast is provided to you by the Love Yourself Foundation, which is an organization here spreading the message of love and more specifically self-love and the powerful ripple effect that has not only in building a better relationship with yourself, but also with your community and with our beautiful planet. We're here to tell you that we're all one. All living beings are connected to each other, the universe. So we're going to be talking about important topics like mental health, environmental issues, and tying it all back into the self and ways that you can not only empower your relationship with yourself, but also empower your relationship with your community and with our beautiful planet. So if you like what you hear, please hit subscribe. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at the LY Foundation. You can also check out our website at the lyfoundation.org. And we have a very special new addition to what we're doing. We now have a membership program called the Lifeline Membership Program, which offers support calls, group support calls, free admission to our events, workshops, specialized merch. So we also have special discounts going for students, teachers, frontline workers. So if you want to hear more about this, please go to our website at the LY Foundation slash membership for more info. Thanks for tuning in. Hello and welcome to The Conversation, an LYF podcast series where we provide our insights, thoughts, and experiences on today's topic. My name is JR, IT tech, web admin, and board member of the Love Yourself Foundation. And my name is Ayla, growth and development coordinator for the Love Yourself Foundation. Ayla, how are you? Still doing great. <laughs> Those of you that don't know, this is our third take for some reason. It's just... You know, we're, we're unveiling a little bit of the behind the scenes. Uh, this is not a one take show. At least not yet. So there One are, day. Th- th- yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. But you know what? That leads into today's topic because today we're talking about fear of failure. Hey, you know, we didn't do that on purpose. <laughs> 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 so that was a great segue of the topic that we're going to be talking about today. And I think that it's something that everybody uh, experiences at some point in their life. Um, but what's important is what you do after a failure uh, and we're going to get into that a little bit more and how to tackle that. So, yeah, it's exciting. You know, we've referenced this in the past of how we've confronted f- fear and failure and how that really has placed sometimes an obstacle in our life mm-hmm. with not wanting to pursue what we wanted because of that fear. But today we're going to go into all that, all those facets and why it happens and kind of the steps to take to push through absolutely and as always we like to start off with the definition of the topic we are speaking of so the definition for fear of failure is a persistent and irrational anxiety about failing to measure up to the standards and goals set by oneself or others this may include anxiety over academic standing losing a job sexual inadequacy or loss of face and self-esteem Fear of failure may be associated with perfectionism and is implicated in a number of psychological disorders, including eating disorders and some anxiety disorders. So that was the long scientific definition, all the things. And but I do think that it really goes over how many things fear of failure can touch. Mm -hmm. It's that persistent kind of bug in your head that tells you, ah, nope, you're not going to make it. And you telling yourself, you know, that's kind of scary. Maybe that's right. And it is the anxiety that comes over of what if it fail? What if I fail? What if right. what's going to happen? 
how is that going to affect me? And although a lot of times that I've seen, even in my own self, is that I just take the fear of failure and I don't think about why it's happening or how to get over it. Right. And so that's why I'm excited about this episode because we can kind of explore all those different things and how we've handled it in the past versus how this teaches us to handle it now. Yeah, I think taking the fear of failure uh, as a negative and turning it into a positive um, is what's important when it comes to experiencing something like this. This is something that I've always kind of struggled with, something that I had a fear of even experiencing, um, let alone having it happen has always been kind of in the back of my mind has stopped me from experiencing things going after certain things. Um, and I feel like a lot of people can, um, uh, can understand that and has gone through something like that. So I'm excited to get into it. Um, some of the examples of fear of failure, and I'm not the only one who's gone through this, I'm sure. Um, obviously failing at your job or school, I know for me in my career, uh, I have many mistakes um, and those instances of me working in IT for a nonprofit, um, I've always wanted to be a perfectionist. I always wanted to make sure I was doing the best job that I could do. And so when those instances came up of me failing or maybe a project uh, didn't come off the ground or something that I... Uh, was trying to um, incorporate into our workplace, didn't work out the way that I thought it was going to. Um, those were really, I wouldn't say damaging experiences, but it definitely hindered me from wanting to um, pursue new things or go after new things just because um, that experience of failing was just such a, a distraught feeling. And what I didn't realize at the time or when I was actually going through it is it was an opportunity for me to learn from my mistakes to better my craft, better my career. And to know that going forward, I know what not to do and what it is that I have to do in order to provide the best work that I could. Yeah. I think that in the moment when you approach failure, it's not fun <laughs> to say to say no. the least <laughs> and our brains are kind of more focused on that feeling of man this sucks i'm beating myself up over it i hate this and not always that okay what am i learning from this how do i move forward i think that we first have such an emotional response that mm. some people will miss that second part and i think the difference between someone that gets stuck and someone that's successful is that when you're successful, you realize that you're going to fail and it's not going to be fun. But how do you grow from that? How mm -hmm. do you learn and move forward? And that's the only way you can be successful. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day. And it's true. that that whole idea of how can I learn from this and move forward? Because there's going to be mistakes. There's going to be obstacles. There's going to be things that happen that make it not easy, not fun. And... I like that you have had that approach and I know that it took me a while to look at it that way and say, okay, I need to have a growth mindset. I need to know that failure is human. We're mm -hmm. not perfect. Yes. I want it to be perfect. I want my work to be great. And, but we make mistakes sometimes and that doesn't mean that we got to stop doing whatever we're pursuing. Yeah. I think a lot of those instances 
um, for myself was such a isolated feeling of whatever it was that I failed on that I was so hard on myself because I expected so much of myself, of whatever, whatever it was that I was working on to, to work. But understanding that it's all a part of your journey, it's all part of you building your inner self um, to strengthen your values, what it is that you do, um, career-wise, for school, whatever it may be, um, it's all there to make you a better person. And as soon as I started to understand that more about myself and knowing that it's okay to fail because there's something good that's going to come out of this. It might not feel like that in the moment, but if you allow yourself enough time to understand that failure is not a negative, failure is only going to create a positive experience for you going forward that has allowed me to pursue new things, to go after new things. Yeah, and... If you think about it, I don't know why this metaphor analogy, whatever came up in my brain, but like we didn't become born and know how to do anything. Right. (laughs) Like we all are learning every day and we will learn until the day we die how we are going about life. What is life? How do we go about anything? And to expect yourself to not make mistakes despite growing from nothing like why (laughs) like it's such a weird thing to think about when you're like okay why do I place this expectation on myself we all started literally like as an egg Mm -hmm. and we're growing at different rates in different areas and it's it's a process you don't you're not just 25 and know how to do everything there ever was to do you have to have that learning curve and so I think that it's really important to cut yourself some slack and say Mm. okay this is I'm I'm new to this. I'm trying. It's going to take a while to get to that level where I'm comfortable and don't make mistakes as often. But see how I, I mention as often because you're always going to make mistakes. Right. That's what it means to be human, really. Yeah. I, I like how you threw it back to uh, a younger self because, I mean, when we were kids, we were always screwing up. We are always making mistakes. But guess what? At that time, was I thinking of fear of failure? No. I was just living my life. I was just being a kid. And I think that kind of going back to that uh, mentality of realizing that failure is fine. It's okay. It's okay to to fail or to screw up. As long as you're learning from those experiences, I think that that's what's important. Yeah, I love thinking about the child reference because when you're a kid, you're like, oh, I know that I'm going to do it wrong. But that's okay. Like, just keep trying and, and you'll get it. Right. And there is literally no hesitation in that. It's just like, okay, I'm going to go try a backflip on a trampoline and break my leg. But it's okay because I'm going to try. Sweet, bro. <laughs> Sick. Like, there's, there's no hesitation there. It's it's really cool. But we lose that at some point. And that's why in, in our examples here, I wanted to talk about self-sabotage because I think that a lot of times when we talk about fear of failure, we think about saying, I'm not going to try it all because mm-hmm, I'm too mm-hmm. afraid. But self-sabotage is saying that it's not only that, but it also is other things besides not trying. And some things that that looks like is intentionally putting yourself in a position to fail. And so in psychology, we talk about this a lot because there's different avenues of this, for example. So 
Say you have a test coming up. And I always use the school analogy, even though it's been a while. For yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think it's, it's self-explanatory. Oh, yeah. So you have a test coming up. And we always know that it's told to us, you study, you pass the test, right? But because of our ego, which I know you're going to talk about later, we say, okay, what does it mean to me if I fail? Like if I fail, is that saying that I, this isn't meant for me? Does that mean I'm dumb? Does that mean I'm not as good? Does that mean I'm doing the wrong? Like, what does that mean? And sometimes it's that fear of the meaning behind it that is so scary. That what if I failing means that this was the wrong thing for me or I'm not good enough. And so what people will do instead of just not trying, because like when you pursue college, hopefully you're trying to get the degree at the end of it. um, They will put themselves in a position so that if they fail, it's not their fault. So they won't study as much. And when they fail, they'll say, oh, it's because I didn't study as much. If I studied more, I would have passed, obviously. Mm-hmm. But it's just because I didn't study. Like, it's nothing on me. It's it's because of that. Or they will say, you know, huh, I was in class, but I think that the professor is just not as good. And, and they'll place the blame on someone else. They'll say, you know, a bunch of people failed in my class. So it has to be the professor. Mm. Or I was really busy with other things, so it's it's not my fault. It's because I had other obligations. And while it, it's like a, a form of protection for us almost. And so in our brain, we're like, okay, there's nothing wrong with you, Ayla. Nothing wrong with you, JR. There's other circumstances that happened, and that has led to you failing. So you're okay. Don't have to be self-conscious. Don't have to be insecure. You're fine. And with doing those self-sabotaging acts is you get so comfortable with saying, okay, you know, I'm not going to do everything I know I should. I'm not going to spend 10 hours studying because if I do and I fail, then I know that it was me. I know that there was nothing else I could do because I I spent 10 hours and still didn't pass. It's in that situation, you protect yourself to a point that your brain starts resorting. Sorry. Your brain starts resorting to that instead of trying to do the best that you can in everything that you do. Mm -hmm. And so when people talk about, oh, I'm afraid to try because I what if I fail sometimes they also put themselves in a position where they cannot succeed and that's a big thing that I've seen in my life more so than not trying at all is that you're kind of stunting yourself more so that if in the event you do fail you're protected in a way yeah wow I haven't even thought of it in that way before but it it makes total sense that you are trying to protect yourself from that feeling uh, as much as possible that sometimes it feels like you're deflecting a little bit of what is really going on um, to not take blame for whatever it may be. So that way you are at least a hundred percent not going to (laughs) have this feeling at all, Um, which is kind of fascinating. The fact that we do that to ourselves um, in that sense of trying to protect. Yeah, definitely. And it's in, you can find it in any areas. For example, I've learned in many career based classes that if you really want a job to look at the job description, look at the website and copy the wording they use and put it in your resume so that when the computer is scanning, it's, it says that, Oh, these things are similar not blah, blah, blah. And so maybe you're applying for a job and you're afraid to get rejected for it. Right. I'm going through this right now. Mm-hmm. Okay applying for a billion jobs. Will I get them? Will I not? You know, scary stuff. Yeah. (laughs) And you are still going to apply for them, 
but maybe you're not going to put in all that effort because it's a lot of work or what if I put in all that effort and they still don't pick me? Mm -hmm. Then I did all that work and for what? And so even in that situation, you can set yourself up for failure. Maybe it's in a relationship and you're saying, you know, I, I don't believe in love. And you're already placing that, that limiting belief mm -hmm. that we've been talking about today. That you're placing that on yourself and saying, you know, I don't believe in love. Every, they're going to cheat on me. Things are, And you're already placing that on it. And you're assuming that that's the worst is going to happen. The actions that you are taking then are kind of like preparing to fail. And, and it's crazy because you would think that everything we would do would be for success. Mm -hmm. We're doing everything we can to succeed. But a lot of times people's brains have either been disappointed in the past or we are afraid of the outcomes that we kind of prepare more for the failure than we do for the success. And that's really crazy to think about. Oh yeah. I, I, and I'm pretty sure everybody who's listening has that kind of experience too, of uh, picking one or two things that have happened in the past that has been instilled in your mind of knowing that, no, I remember what this felt like. I don't want to do this. So I'm not even going to go after it. I'm just, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it. And, it's interesting to see how those experiences in your life can then kind of stop you or like you were saying, prepare yourself for failure because you, you've had this past experience before and you already are telling yourself, okay, this is going to happen. I know, I know this is going to get, I know that this is going to happen. So why would I even want to pursue? Why would I even want to do this? Um, and it's such a limiting thing because I don't think that we can totally negate stuff that happened in the past, but not necessarily bring it into the future, into things that you want to try or things that you want to do, that you can't allow yourself to be stuck in that way because of certain things that have happened, because you never know, a new experience might totally change your mind. Yeah, when I had a really bad anxiety and I would talk about it, my therapist said that how it works is uh, anxiety is normal and it's healthy and it's a defense for your body to remember events in the past and prepare you for those things happening again. And so it is normal to remember those things that have happened and for your brain to be like, hey, just a reminder, like this is not good. But it's when those flags become so prominent that they're not just a flag, they're training you to a desk they're telling you like hey we cannot go through that that's when it starts to become a problem mm. because it's not only a warning anymore it's stopping you from moving forward and that warning is important because it reminds you hey remember this happened what did we learn from that to make sure it doesn't happen again it's not that anymore it's this happened we need to make sure that that never happens again so don't ever do it uh, yeah <laughs> <laughs> and so it's really crazy how the spectrum ranges for all these things to happen, whether it is completely not doing the thing or setting yourself up to fail. So that way you're kind of protecting yourself in a way. Right. Uh, along those lines, another example that I put down to was uh, the fear of rejection or that feeling of rejection. Um, a lot of things that I've not put myself out there for, whether it's um, uh, new job opportunities or um, getting myself back out to dating, uh, for example, um, there have been a lot of self-down talk and, um, me putting myself down and, and not really seeing the potential that I have when I put myself out there. Um, 
and a lot of it too comes from that fear of rejection. And I think rejection and failure kind of go hand in hand in, in a way um, that, again, it's that protection. I don't want to put myself out there because I don't want to feel this rejection or I don't want to uh, feel what failure is like. So I don't even um, allow myself to be in that environment, which again is a limiting, uh, kind of a limiting belief of just, you know, you have it in you. People see you in a certain way. How is it that you can't see yourself that way? Um, And it really just stops you from wanting to, pursue things that you're excited about or to put yourself back out there to meet new people um, just because of what you had instilled in yourself. So um, I think being able to get away from that idea and having to really do inner work to realize your self-worth allowed me to be okay with the idea of rejection, to be okay with the idea of failing or things not working out, as long as I am allowed, allowing myself to get that experience, to enjoy that experience, and to be in the moment where it may take me, um, has really put me into a better space. Okay, I have a lot of my brain, so I'm going to hope I can remember all of it. Sure, no problem. <laughs> um, first is that I'm glad that you noted fear of rejection, because we were talking a little bit before the episode, and I mentioned that I don't really have a fear of failure because I know I can keep trying. And you mentioned rejection because I think it's the rejection factor is so much more overt in the sense that you're you're literally being judged and told that you're not enough, like very overtly. And there is no you can succeed after that. Like you're done. (laughs) That's it. We're we're done. And for me, it's like, oh, like fear of failing at school or a job like you can continue to build and grow you know what I mean Mm -hmm. but facing that rejection in a relationship form in a friendship that's something that is very much more forward of the judgment and so it's something interesting to see the different areas of your life that it can affect differently um with rejection I think that there's a lot that goes into how we let others affect how we perceive ourselves, and it's really interesting to hear about. And I like hearing how you explain, you know, you going out and trying to put yourself out there again Mm -hmm. and and have that experience with people. I know that for me that I've always had kind of a on the fence feeling about it of how much do I put myself out there and how much do I say, I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, for me, I think that I've always, gone and I, I'm a hopeless romantic and so I'm always okay. like you know I would rather risk it working out really well than not try at all kind yeah. of thing um, but I think that's what it comes down to for anything that you're pursuing and you're afraid to fail or afraid of rejection it's that how much do you want the thing that you're trying to get right. you know what I mean like is being in a relationship that important to you that you're okay with risking that it's not going to work out is you getting a promotion that important to you that you're afraid or that you're not afraid to risk them saying no. Um, I think a lot comes down to that understanding within yourself. Yeah. Uh, I think that leads into uh, the next kind of example too, where we're talking about the way that we see ourselves, the way that we are perceived through others, especially when it comes to feel uh, fear of failure 
and the sense of rejection. Um, what I thought was a, a pretty big part of it is the ego factor. Um, a conscious rethink.com had a, uh, a phrase on there. When you really start to think about it, when you look at all of the myriad reasons given for fearing failure, they all lead back to one common root. We are afraid to fail because of the hurt such failure might have to our egos. And I think that that is, uh, uh, really resonates with me a lot. I tend to put a lot of what I do in the, I would say the hands of others is that I'm doing a lot of the things that uh, I do because uh, I used to seek validation from other people or I would want um, that recognition um, to be put onto me because of the things that I was doing. Um, but a lot of it was playing into my ego. I wasn't thinking about myself. I was thinking about what other people thought. And that sense of failure was always there because I was afraid of what other people would think. And that would stop me from doing things or saying yes to things um, because I was so into my head of what is this person going to say or what are my parents going to think um, that it stopped me from doing a lot of things. Now in my life, I've let that go uh, a lot more than um, I had allowed it to affect me in the past. Now, a lot of the decision making that I do is for me mm-hmm. and what it is that I want to do for myself. And now realizing that if I fail at whatever it may be, then I'm okay with it. Example is uh, my own personal business. What Before I left my job, I had already told myself that if this doesn't work, I'm okay with that. But allowing me to have that experience to do this on my own is what was important to me, is what was going to make me happy. That all the work that I've done for myself through therapy and through counseling and everything to get myself to this point in my life to be able to say I'm okay with failing um, is such a, a growing experience. It shows how far I've come and not allowing my ego to get ahead of me has been so important. Yeah. Everything said is great. I think that a lot of times we fear failure so much we won't try, but we don't really give ourselves enough credit to think about what success will look like. And you have to give yourself the due diligence of trying to pursue your goals. And it's always crazy to me because I've always been a very ambitious and big gold person and whenever I would tell adults that who people who gave up their dreams very quickly didn't even pursue them they wouldn't have any empathy towards Mm -hmm. the situation and for me I would much rather say that I tried everything that I could do to do whatever I'm passionate about and that it just didn't work out but I tried then to be 50 and be like man I really wish I tried to go do that and it really comes down to that at the end of the day you have to let yourself get past that But I love the notion of understanding ego because when I think of fear of failure, it's not so much that I'm going to fail. It's more so that I'm afraid other people are going to judge me for failing. You know, I talked to you about this earlier. I don't think that when I fail that it's the end of the world. I can just try again Mm -hmm. if that's something I want to keep doing. But it's more so if people around me know I failed and 
no, I abandoned something. What are they going to think? And that to me, I hate that. Like, I wish that that wasn't something that I experienced. And I think that as you become more self-secure and you become more aware of like who you are and confident in that, you become less, I guess, um, at the mercy of people around you. Because if you go on a date and it doesn't work out and you're like, man, like they weren't really interested in me. Maybe I'm just not like good. Like you're letting one person define who like your worth. You know what I mean? And I think that instead of looking at it that way, if you're able to say in the opposite sense of an ego, say, I know my worth. I know what I value. If it doesn't work out or I get rejected, then they weren't in my life plan. Like obviously they weren't good enough for me then. Like, oh yeah, that's true. (laughs) Like obviously if in in a relationship form, it didn't work out, then that's good for both of you because you're one step closer than to finding someone that does work out. Why do you want it to work out with someone that isn't, you know, what you need? And so when you start reconstructing it to say, okay, I know my worth, I know my values. When you face that failure rejection, you also have the belief in yourself to move past it towards something better. Damn. (laughs) (laughs) That was that was amazing, actually. Uh, and you hit on a, a whole bunch of uh, points that really resonate in the idea of uh, allowing yourself to, as always, find that self-love within you to figure out what it is that um, you are trying to accomplish. And in a sense, flipping the narrative. Instead of you talking bad about you know what or what other people are going to think of you or or if i try this is someone going to say something negative whatever the case may be and just flipping that conversation of just saying no this is something i want to pursue this is what makes me happy or um this is what i love that um if somebody doesn't agree with it or is not on the same page then that's fine for them, but yeah. this is what's important for me. And I think that that is uh, really crucial. Mm-hmm. So for me, when I looked at what to do when you're trying to address fear of failure and moving forward, there was four steps that came up. And the first one was to redefine what it means to fail. And this one is really interesting to me. I mean, all of these are. And this one, especially, though, is one that I want to make sure that I take time to reflect on. I know I don't say that in a lot. Because I've done a lot of this myself through my degree and through therapy. But redefining what it means to fail is about telling yourself, like, what is it actually that is not a good thing? Like, what does failure actually mean? Does it mean not getting a raise this time? Does it mean never getting a raise? Like, what does failure really look like? Does it mean never pursuing your dreams? Does it mean putting it off for five years instead of... Like, what does it mean to you? Mm -hmm. And I think that sometimes when we think of failure, we put it on a societal level type of thing. I know in the past I've looked at what does society expect of me? And failure is is not achieving that. But realistically, like, who cares? (laughs) (laughs) Like, you need to define what failure looks like to you. So that way your goals are oriented towards the things that actually matter, you know? Like when I look at other people's judgment, is that, does that really matter to me? When I think about it, like people don't really care yet. Yeah. They could talk about it, you know, maybe for a week and say, oh, you see what Ayla's doing? Mm -hmm. What's she doing over there? 
But at the end of the day, like they'll move on as we all do. And so am I going to let that stop me? Like what is, so that's, that's the first thing. Yeah. You have any comments about that? Yeah. I think I'm happy that you brought it up because, um, I, when you're explaining that, I'm starting to think that in the past, did that mean that I had a weak mindset because I allowed that to, um, really dictate the things that I wanted to do because I'm so focused on what other people are thinking. Um, and having that mentality of just saying like, who cares? It's easier said than done. It is easier (laughs) said than done. And I was going to ask you, like you incorporate that into your life. Um, how long did it take for you to really be a hundred percent into that idea of just like, I don't, I don't care what anybody else thinks or says I'm doing this because I'm doing it for me. Yeah. So I started my self-discovery journey in 2018, about halfway through, and I was 17 at the time. And um, I didn't I didn't get to that place of confidence and self-security until my second year of college, which was two years later. So 20. So 1920 ish. Yeah, yeah. And uh, 2020. Yeah. Um, crazy. <laughs> I know. Um, I'd say beginning of I would say maybe like March or April of 2020. And I finally got to a place where I was comfortable with the decisions I had made to that point, whether it was things that in the past I had regretted and gone to therapy for and gotten help for, um, or things that I present at that time, at this time, um, enjoyed and wanted to pursue. It takes time. You really have to go through, you know, this whole process of this podcast of taking the time for yourself. You listening to this podcast, you're one step closer. And I think that as you actively try to become aware of who you are, self-love is such a big part of, of not only knowing who you are, but being comfortable with it. And I remember in, in my psych classes, you know, cause I did have two years of psych before I really was like, yeah, I like myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, kind of putting yourself in a place of who am I and who do I want to be? And I remember in, in one of my classes, we talked about the ideal self versus the actual self. Mm-hmm. And we had us write down 10 traits of who we are right now, if we asked someone and 10 traits of who we want people to describe us as. And I remember my list. I think they gave us the traits and we had to rank them. Mine was pretty flipped. Oh, really? (laughs) And that was the biggest wake up call for me because what I prioritized was not who I wanted to be. And it's not that you and you mentioned a weak mindset. It's not that you are weak or strong because you haven't even gotten to the place where you could make that yet. Mm. Like you haven't even made a mindset yet because you've always just done each each day you know and so that day for me when I realized wow like who I want my ideal self is the opposite in ranking of who I am not in a sense that like I'm a bad person and I want to be a good person (laughs) but like my priorities were flipped I guess is the best way to put it and like being kind being creative being brave those were all at the lower rankings of my traits not that I didn't have them but they weren't as prioritized right while they were flipped on the other side, that really made me think, wow, like what am I doing to put myself in a position to be confident in who I am? And from that day on, I tried every day to do those things and make sure they were implemented in my habits that I was in a place to say, 
if people judge me, I want to be comfortable with who I am right now. And if you can't say that, that's your first problem. Not not in any sense of people judging you. That's not the problem. The problem is that you're not in a position to hear someone say, I don't like what Ayla's doing. I don't like, why is she doing that? Like, I can't believe she did that. It's not about them saying that. It's about you putting yourself in a position to agree with them. And no matter what I do, I want to make sure that it aligns in my values, that it aligns in who I'm confident and comfortable being. Because in any case that I fail, I know I can say who cares what they have to say because I did what was best for me and my happiness. And I'm confident in those decisions that that I made. Holy. (laughs) What? (laughs) So cool that an exercise like that can totally change your mindset about who you are as a person and what it is that you want to convey going forward. Um, And it's interesting too, that how that was flipped uh, and what you wanted people to see in you, you didn't even see in yourself as far as the the rankings go um, has really transformed you as a person. And you said this was March, April, 2020. Mm -hmm. So like right around the pandemic, well, as soon as the pandemic started. Well, I would say that that activity happened, I think, fall of 2019. And because you don't instantly just be like, okay, I get it. (laughs) But I think that like that activity started the behaviors to lead me into the position that once, like, like literally like the week before the pandemic was probably like my best week of like, right a long time (laughs) which is crazy because then it just spiraled out of control (laughs) but like to at that point it took a couple months I guess to say um I finally got to a position to say I'm really happy with the decisions I've been making Mm -hmm. and that I'm working towards at this time that is so beautiful yeah I'm happy that you're able to have that experience and and to learn more about who you are. And, you know, I bring out the pandemic because I'm pretty sure a lot of people have gone through their own kind of self-love journey, self-exploration of um, who they are and, and what's important to them because of all the time that we had um, on our hands. And um, I can say that I'm still on that journey as well. Um, I've found a lot about myself during that time and, and I still continue to do so. Um, but there's still a lot of work and, and, I think I'm still striving for that experience that you went through back in 2020 of that self actualization. Thank you. Appreciate that. (laughs) Um, And, and just really understanding that about yourself, you know, it's taken a long time, a lot of reading, a lot of videos, a, a degree, you know, it's, it's not something that you suddenly like I hate when people say fake it till you make it because it's such a different experience when you actually are so secure in who you are that you're okay with the decisions and outcomes, you know, right. not to say that I still don't get upset when people have judgments or feelings like I think it's unfortunate, but I also empathize because I know they don't understand and you just have to be in a position that you are so I guess a priority is yourself in such a way that you want to make sure that every decision you're making is not for the judgment of others, but that you at the end of the day can go to sleep and be like, I'm happy I did that. You know, I made the best decision from not only like for me, but for what I knew at the time, Mm -hmm. because obviously we can look back and be like, why did I do that? (laughs) (laughs) Multiple times. (laughs) But if you have the mentality of like, I'm doing what I 
what I know how to do at this time. You know, I don't know what it'll be like in the future if this will be a bad decision. But right now, this is like what I feel is the best. And that'll make regret minute because you'll know that I can't blame myself. That's all I knew at the time. Right. I'm glad that you brought that up, too, because that's something that I'm trying to um, uh, add into my life a lot more so now than I've ever had before of that mentality of, um, you know, I don't know what the future is going to hold. Let me do whatever I can to the best of my ability now um, because who knows what's going to happen next week, a month, a year from now. Um, And that goes right back to that fear of failure, allowing ourselves to not be afraid of making a mistake or failing for something that you're trying. At least you gave yourself the chance to try it. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a realization that this isn't for you and that's okay too. Um, or at the end of the day, it just makes you a better person because now you understand, um, that side of that feeling. Uh, it's all important in that character building. It's all important for you to be a better person at the end of the day. Yeah. So that's the first step. That was a lot. (laughs) Oh, that was only one. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the next step is to set goals to a approach the task and I talked about approach goals versus avoiding goals which is something I had no experience with before from my knowledge but it said that sometimes we have goals that are set to avoid a failure rather than to approach success Mm. and I thought that was really interesting but sometimes we're more oriented towards okay I'm afraid to fail and I need to make sure I don't fail then I am excited for success. I want to succeed. Yeah. And you can kind of hear the difference there. And so it's really good. And if you want to know more about how to do this, you can look up approach versus avoid goals. But when you're thinking about, okay, are my goals really serving as a, as a linear path? I do one, the next one, and they're leading towards success. Or am I just trying to work around a failure? And it's mm. such a different mentality. Yeah, I didn't even think about uh, seeing it in that light, uh, and I'm pretty sure I've had multiple times where um, I know I had failed at something that I don't want to experience that ever again, so I'll go around it in whatever way that I can. Um, so everybody who's listening, I'm learning <laughs> just <laughs> as much as you are. So um, if it sounds like uh, it's taking me some time to process what it is that we're talking about, just trust me. I'm going through it with you too. So, uh, but yeah, I think that this too is that sense of changing the mind, uh, changing the the narrative, changing the the sentencing or the way that you say certain things. Uh, in order for you to promote that success, you need to be able to say it in a certain way to make you believe it, um, and not take uh, these uh, factors that you are trying to avoid, um, but really just going head on. Uh, with it and knowing that, okay, if this doesn't work, that's okay. I know that there's a different way to get to wherever it is that success looks like to me. Yeah, definitely. And now this one is my favorite one. Something I've never heard before, but I think it's really interesting is to create a fear list. And so it says that a lot of people have fears, but they don't really work around that. I told you about that in the beginning that we kind of just have a fear. We don't do it. And then we don't ever think about like (laughs) how to move (laughs) forward. Right. Um, and so it says to make a list with three columns and, or I guess four, um, one is the scenario of what it is you're trying to do or not trying to do because you're afraid to do it. 
Um, the next column is worst case scenario. You try to achieve this goal. What is the failure that you're afraid of? Worst, worst case, that thing, thing. what's, what's going to happen? Worst case scenario. Um, the next column is how do you prevent that worst case scenario from happening? So what actively can you do to make sure? Is it studying for a test? Is it pre- preparing for a speech? What, what is it to make sure that you're, you're as well prepared for that scenario as possible? Yeah. And then the last column is what can you do to repair if that happens? So say you ask for a raise and they tell you no, and that's the worst case scenario. You tried to prepare, you tried to have a, a good argument and it still happened. After that happens, what can you do moving forward? Mm-hmm. And it says to do this with any fear that you have regarding failure. And it'll show you that you can move past it. Like either you're going to prevent it from happening or you literally have an actionable step of what to do next. Right. Which I think is really cool because I never thought about planning in that way. No, I, I've, I've, this is the first time I've seen this uh, uh, and I've heard about it. If we want, we can just try and do this little activity right now with one of my personal experiences with um, uh, with LIF, for example. Um, I have never done streaming before. Um, I've never streamed on Twitch, YouTube, wherever the case may be. I've never experienced that. I've always watched streams before. Um, but uh, it was brought to me that, hey, we were doing our Love Yourself Expressions. Uh, again, just right after the well, still in the pandemic, actually. This was December of 2020 when we wanted to restart our uh, events. But we weren't going to be able to allow guests there. So the only way that, way that we we're going to be able to do it is to live stream the event. Um, so Monica came to me and she said, hey, would you be interested in possibly figuring out how to live stream our event? My God. <laughs> Was I nervous? Mm-hmm. So nervous. I've never done it before. I have no idea where to even start. So oh, for the first uh, uh, part of the list, the first column is what is the worst case scenario? Worst case scenario was going to be it just doesn't work. The stream doesn't turn on. Nobody can see what's going on. That's the worst case scenario. Mind you, that was in my head the whole entire time. <laughs> was, like, I don't know. Uh, I have all my equipment here. Is it, is it even going to turn on? Um, and then can you explain the prevention part again? Yeah. So what can you do to prevent that worst case scenario from happening? Okay. So the prevention for that in in that scenario was to test the equipment prior to, to do test streams at, at my apartment to make sure that I know how everything starts, how it all works. Um, and to make sure that I'm as familiar with the system as much as possible. Um, and then anything within the environment itself, maybe the audio isn't working. What is it that we can do to, to make sure that works as well? So those were kind of the steps in my head of, yes, okay, you haven't done this before, but in case something happens, I'm what well are prepared. these? Yeah. yeah. What, what is it that I can do? Mm-hmm. And then the last step with if it did fail and the stream wasn't working, how do you move forward? Yeah, so with that, um, I, I think I remember we're having issues when we first started um, that the audio just wasn't working. Um, so then I was working with our audio tech, Dane, to figure out what that si- that situation was and to eventually fix that. The other one was internet. 
the internet obviously you need to be able to use to be able to stream um if the internet goes down or if it's slow what are the precautions that you need to take in order to remedy that issue so uh some of those issues did come up and i was able to repair those particular situations so um yeah that is an example of that experience it's fascinating to hear because you know, my first event, you were already handling all that. Had had experience, not very much, but I didn't. Let me tell you at home, I didn't. I had no idea. Those of you listening, <laughs> it looks like he, this was his job forever. He knew what he was doing. He had all the equipment. I was like, "What are these buttons do?" He was like, "Please don't touch that." Like, <laughs> did like, I say that? Um, that's rude. I apologize. <laughs> no, you didn't say that, but I. <laughs> In metaphorical sense, I think it's really just fascinating that you did go through that experience and so quickly it was not apparent to anyone else or at least the newer people like me. But it shows you that a lot of times your fears, your brain warning you like, what if this happened? But really, when you go through these steps, you can be well prepared and know that even though those things, there has been problems, there's been problems when I've done it with you that okay, now what can we do to make this better? Like, it's not the end of the world. It's, it's okay. Right, yes. <laughs> and it's really cool to remember that and to the fact that you've actually experienced it as well. I'm so happy that you said that phrase too, it's not the end of the world, because it, that is the truest sense of everything, is, okay, the stream doesn't work. The show still goes on. I can just record it. That's fine. We can put it up somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. Um, if the audio is not working... Well, I mean, we have to wait until that gets fixed. So, you know, at least people can still see it. At the end of the day, whatever it is that you're doing, whatever that you're pursuing, it's not the end of the world if things don't go the way that you want it to. And in these scenarios, these events that happen, everything is live. So you you never know what's going to happen. You can have everything planned out the way that you want. And then as soon as you show up, it all just fall apart. But at least in that sense, you're still learning from those situations that the next event you'll know, all right, we know what that feels like when everything <laughs> falls apart. Now we know how to fix that in case if it comes up. So it's just, it's fascinating when you put it into that fear list because that's exactly what it was. It was all based around fear of me being able to produce what it is that somebody was asking of that I've never been uh, involved in before. That once the show was over, it's kind of that that idea of just like, what was I afraid of? <laughs> it's happened a lot, actually. Yeah. yeah. I think it's crazy because we often have this mentality of this grandiose thing that's about to happen if everything goes wrong. And I think that the biggest thing when it comes to all facets of self-discovery and self-love is awareness. And you just being mindful of one Mistakes are going to happen, but two, you can move forward with them. It's really beautiful. And that connects to the last point here is that you really need to focus on learning. How do I move forward? How do I get better? Even if the stream can't go up, what can I learn from that experience to move forward to make sure it's better next time? That learning experience is so much more important than this idea that we have to have it right every time from the first time. Mm -hmm. And I think in the U.S., for for whatever reason we kind of prioritize you have to be successful immediately <laughs> you have to know what right, you are, yeah. are, are doing got to be perfect if you're not we're done like it's really crazy and it's unfortunate but i think that once you switch your mindset to i can grow i can learn i can move forward it's almost like a pressure is lift off lifted off your shoulders mm -hmm. 
Yeah. I, I think that's a beauty of failure too, is that you might not see it right away, but you will learn from this experience. What you do after that is up to you, but just know every step of the way, every time you make a mistake, every time you fail, you will constantly be learning about something, whether it's about yourself, what is it that you're trying to accomplish to get you to what success looks like for you or what happiness looks like for you, that you need to take those steps, you need to take those strides of, yes, I failed. What can I learn from this moment? And apply it to my future. Definitely. Greatly said. And I think to have a calming break in the middle of the episode. Or towards uh, the end. Who knows where we're yeah, at. Or yeah. <laughs> um, we'll go into some quotes. Uh, for kind of the, the things that stuck out to us in regards to this topic. So for me the quote that I liked was. Many times the thought of the fear is greater than what it is we fear. By Idawu Koyenkin. I totally butchered that but. I love this quote because it lets you know that your brain magnifies the problem. And it's kind of that experience that we talked about. Once you go through it, you're like, oh, that's it. You're right. I did it. (laughs) (laughs) Why was I so worried? And, and just remembering that, that same thing, the thought of it is so much more worse than it actually happening. I do like this quote and I want to ask you a question. Um, Does fear and anxiety play together or is fear and anxiety a separate type of feeling um they are different because a fear is it's kind of how i explained in the beginning with anxiety anxiety it's biological purpose is to be a a kind of symbolic flag to you that hey let's be careful that that's the whole purpose of anxiety it's to give you a warning to make sure that you don't approach situations like you have in the past and this comes from like an evolutionary standpoint of us hearing noises outside and hoping the bear doesn't eat us in the cave mm-hmm. like like very basic stuff of us getting anxious because we have experienced something before and it's our body warning us okay fear comes into play when it takes over to that next level of not not only is it a warning anymore, but it's an active like obstacle that we oh, cannot pass anymore. Okay. And so they are distinct, but a lot of times they hold hands because one leads into the other. The reason why I ask that is because with this quote, uh, you know, many times the thought of the fear is greater than what it is we fear. Um, these situations that come up of fear of failing or whatever it is that I'm pursuing and not knowing if it's going to pan out or not, um, then starts to build this anxiety feeling, a feeling that I don't like, that I don't appreciate. Um, It's very damaging for me to feel anxiety because I I feel like it holds me back. And a lot of the times the anxiety comes from fear, fear of the unknown, fear of failing, whatever the case may be, that I struggle with that a lot. Um, And in the past, it, it stopped me from doing things, mm-hmm. stopped me from saying yes. Um, so being in these other situations where I did say yes and I did go for it and then at the very end saying, what was I afraid of? I want that feeling more. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. But I think with me taking those steps and saying yes to more things, putting myself out there, allowing myself to have those experiences and being okay with saying, all right, if I fail, then I fail. Yeah. It is what it is. 
Um, I'm glad that you asked because they do hold hands. They're very parallel to each other. And me doing, I've mentioned parts of memory therapy before. Oftentimes they would be connected to each other in that way. But anxiety is just meant as kind of a precaution based on a past experience. Mm -hmm. And once those experiences become so prominent to you that you start to fear, that's when it, it takes that next form. And so when you're afraid of something to that level of, oh my gosh, what if this goes horribly wrong? Because in a show I've seen that it's happened or uh, other things in my life have, are telling me this is possible. Now your body's warning you because they're like, wait, we didn't know we were going to do all that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where the anxiety comes after because the anxiety is like, wait, we're going to try to do that. Are you sure? Like in your brain starts going, uh, no, let's not pursue that. Let's not go forward. Yeah. And that's where the warning goes off. Cause it's like, we're thinking about your brain's th thinking about it now and is like, you're right, let's not. And so that's where they kind of connect to each other. But they are anxiety is not meant to be to that level yeah. on a healthy way. And a lot of times because their therapy is not as normalized as it can be yet, even though it's getting better, people don't understand that if anxiety is beyond the point of a warning, then it is in an unhealthy range. You yeah. shouldn't be crippled because of anxiety happening to you. Yeah. Sorry, folks. I didn't mean to have a personal therapy session <laughs> right here, but uh, this is why I ask who I consider uh, an expert in this field um, these types of questions, and uh, I hope that it allows other people who are listening to, you know, ask those questions that are, are curious to you because I didn't know if they correlated with one another. I know this is something that I experience uh, quite often, so I do appreciate you um, letting me know. Yeah. So what quote did you choose here today? My quote for today is our greatest glory is not in never failing, but in rising every time we fail by Confucius. And one. I think that that goes right in hand with a quote that you had as well. Um, knowing that even though you fail, you can still rise against it. You can still come out on better on the other side. Um, and to know that failing isn't the end all be all that you will be able to strive from it. Mm -hmm. This is the kind of quote that I would like paint and put up. <laughs> yeah. Like it's a great quote because it reminds you that it's okay to fail. Yeah. And as many times as you have to tell yourself that if you need to write down the quote and hang it up on your wall, do it. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm glad that you picked this one. Yeah. It, it's really that positive affirmation of, you know, you realizing that it's okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay to fail because guess what? It's not the end of the world. Like you said. And honestly, I do give more credit to those that succeed after failing than those that just get it right the first time. Right. You know, yeah. so the fact that it says our greatest glory is not in never failing, but in rising every time we fall. It really just exemplifies that it it demonstrates your character so much more. Yeah. And speaking of that, that's a great segue into the research that I found uh, when it comes to the fear, fear of failure, along with your ego. Um a same website, ConsciousRethink.com, um, has put out a couple bullet points in realizing the fear, fear of failure and what you need to do in order to overcome it. Okay, so first up, adapting to failure. Much like you would get your body used to high altitudes before climbing a mountain, you can help adapt your ego to failure by exposing it to very small, almost insignificant failures over time. You might then move on to a challenge that involves another person, someone you trust and feel comfortable around. Eventually, you can ad 
attempt more public feats once your ego's grip has loosened and you are ready to face up to the possibility of failure. This is not always a fast process. It might take many smaller tasks and failures before your ego can be overpowered, leaving you free to chase your dreams. You know, I love this because, I, I, first of all, I never would have thought about talking about this before, but there's someone on TikTok and Ooh. he, his, per, his whole TikTok is dedicated to facing a rejection every single day. And so he will go out and not only in dating, but he'll ask people for crazy things. Like he'll go to a restaurant and say, can I get the meal for free? Or he'll go to a bowling alley and say, can you give me a tour of the back? Like he's Whoa. intentionally trying to get people to say no for this reason. And I think that that's, that's obviously kind of, he skipped a few steps there is what I'm saying, <laughs> but it's a really interesting notion to, t to tell yourself that, you know, if I can approach this in smaller ways, then it, then what is, what is one failure after that? And what's cool with him is that I wish I knew his, his username, yeah. but he oftentimes he'll ask these crazy things and they'll say yes. So he'll be like, can I have a tour of the bowling alley? And they'll be like, yeah. Let's go do it. And wow. things that he expected people to say no to, he's getting to do these cool things that he never would have tried because of the fear of saying no. Yeah, I think that's interesting that you bring that up because it, it's kind of that mentality of already giving you that preconceived notion that people are just going to say no. That whoever you talk to, whoever you meet, they're going to say no. And that, again, the limiting belief uh, that you instill in yourself. But allowing you to have these small interactions these small what this uh, website had said insignificant failures is it really going to be that damaging to you when people do say no or you are rejected or things don't go your way and i think that's super interesting that tiktok uh, of just going up to people and asking crazy things because it makes you realize that sometimes people will say yes you don't know unless you try. You don't that know really is unless you try. That really is the summary of it. But I love the idea of starting with things that if you fail, only you will know about. And then yeah. moving it to people that you trust to see you fail. And then more public displays. I think that that's a really gradual exposure-based therapy that is a really great start. Yeah. It builds your character. And I like the idea that uh, it's a reminder of it's not going to be uh, immediate. Definitely. You know? Give yourself the time to um, be a part of these interactions and know that it's going to take time for you to be comfortable with failure. Yeah, I feel like we mention it every episode, but I always want to say that we know that these things are, are going to take time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy for us to say, yeah, yeah, this is what the research says. This is how we've experienced it. But it doesn't happen overnight. And it does take practice, just yes. like any other thing that you do. But once you start, you're really telling yourself that you prioritize putting yourself in a position to succeed later on. Yes. And everybody who's listening, we're not saying that you have to listen to every single conversation episode <laughs> in succession, but we are building. Uh, what I'm starting to realize is every episode is kind of building more upon who you are and what it is that you need to do for yourself. And it is all beneficial. Definitely. Yeah. It is a plug to say, listen to all of them. <laughs> and leave a review, please. Let us know how we're doing. Um, second bullet is convincing your ego of the virtues of failure. Right now, your ego sees failure as something which is going to hurt. But what if you could trick it into believing that failure can be pleasurable? 
What you need to do is replace the vision of humiliation talked about earlier with one of pride. You need to convince your ego with the cuts and bruises it might suffer can actually be worn as battle scars to show people how you much how much you fought for something. This gives the ego a win-win situation because if you succeed, then it can boast. And if you fail, it can find glory in your struggle. Um, how can you do this? One way that might work for you is to check out the inspirational backstories of as many rich and famous people uh, as you can. It is very common for these individuals to have had a, to battle through hard times, suffer countless setbacks, and yet still come out with success. Read autobiographies, watch documentaries, even find films about them, and you might just be able to persuade your ego uh, that failing and carrying on is a sign of character, determination, and a strong will that others look up to. Uh, adoration is, after all, what the ego wants most, and if you make this prize outweigh the risk of failure, you can, outcome, uh, you can overcome your fear and achieve what you so desire. Yeah, I really love this point, and it's kind of how I talked about in the beginning of you switching switching the narrative, kind of as so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, I I do like the notion of you know, just like I was talking about earlier, being secure of your decisions and saying, "Yeah, I failed. You can laugh at that, but at least I tried. You didn't right. even try." Like, right. <laughs> and kind of moving forward there. And I really love the notion of looking up the stories of famous people successful people because you will see that they've been rejected a lot they have faced a lot of failure and it is that like i mentioned successful people are those that will take that failure and keep going right yeah i i think that is a great way to um like you said understand that uh failure can turn into a positive and as many times as uh you may fail the determination to keep going and to keep pursuing what it is that you're passionate about or what you um, want for uh, and happiness or what success looks like for you um, can make you a better person at the end of the day. We know these stories. We hear it time and time again from famous people, successful people. You know, these individuals had no money or were homeless at one point. Or told no a million times. Told no a million times, going from job to job, not knowing what it is that they want to do, uh, X, Y, and Z, to then have them turn these negatives into a positive and then have it benefit them. Um, the templates are out there. They're they're everywhere. Um and that it should be the idea for you to realize that failing is okay. Failing, you can get yourself back up and keep going. If you think of your life as a movie too, it's so much more interesting and so many more plot points if you do fail. Because yeah. you're like, look how great this movie is. Like I failed and I, I got back up and I tried again. And look at the success that arised out of that. Like it's so much more interesting yeah. to say that happened. And really, if we take our lives now and, and think of it into that movie aspect... I can know for myself that movie is crazy. (laughs) (laughs) There are so many things that didn't go my way or I didn't uh, find success in. But if my movie were to end right now, can I say that I was happy with everything? Yeah. I I think the things that happened in my life that I failed has gotten me to be the person I am today. And I think that that is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So with that, how can we use fear of failure and moving past it to love ourselves, JR? 
I think that the fear, fear of failure, like we were talking about, is kind of a character building um, uh, tool that uh, knowing how failure feels like, but most importantly, what that feeling is of success after the failure um, can really transform you as a person. I know that personally for myself, uh, the experiences that I've gone through um, has really turned me into a better person because of it. It's allowed me to love myself even more because of how often I have failed in the past. And I am more determined as a human being to turn that into a positive as much as I can. I love that. And it's, it's so great to hear that there's so many ways that we can build upon loving ourselves. And, you know, with fear of failure, if you're doing things that you know in your heart is making you happy and things that you're interested in, self-love is pursuing them. Mm -hmm. And self-love is also knowing that even if you failed, you tried to do it. And I have respect for that because you did what was best for you. And I have respect for you too. Because of all the things that you've experienced, uh, all these uh, exercises that have gotten to you to be the person that you are today, and really just understanding you as a person even more um, is really important. And you're still very young. So for you to be doing this now um, is such a cool experience to be a witnessing. So, you know. Thought I can help. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate that. Any final thoughts before we close? Final thoughts. Do something this week that you're afraid to do. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if she was telling that to you people or she she looked me dead in the eyes and she said... Maybe I'm telling it. myself, you yeah. know. Try something new that you're afraid of failing and, and just try and see. Even if it's a small thing, even if, if it's just you, little steps. That's my prompt to you this week. I like that a lot. And I think that we should probably end it on that because it ain't going to get any better than that. <laughs> Sounds great. Okay. So with that being said, we want to hear from you. Leave us a comment on Instagram or Twitter at the LY Foundation or on Facebook, facebook.com slash the LY Foundation. Let us know what you thought about today's episode and what fear of failure means to you. Also, please leave us a review of the LYF podcast. That way we can continue to produce more content and grow the show. Thank you for listening to the conversation. And until next time, love yourself, love one another, and love this planet we call home.